0: It's September 14th, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And first up, we'll have Reynolds Hioki and he's the president of ISC Squared. And he's he's here to tell us about some upcoming chapter meeting and some events coming up. And then, of course, we'll be joined by Tiffany Nguyen from Elemental Accelerator. And uh, she's here to give us a... some insight into the recently passed uh, bill called the Inflation Reduction Act. And, of course, now I want to welcome Reynold Hioki, and he is president of this ISC squared. ISC, ISC stands for International Information System Security Certification Consortium. And, of course, he can tell you all about that, and, and he's here to tell us about this upcoming chapter meeting. Welcome to the show, Reynold.
1: Hey, Bert. Thanks again for having me on.
0: Yeah, well I'm glad we uh caught up. I don't know, I think we might have chatted a couple times uh during the pandemic, but uh I I I'm glad that you're uh resurfacing here and and <laughs> you've always been involved with some of this cybersecurity stuff and you know, the last time I was chatting with you, you were doing a lot of the uh uh kind of like the c- cyber patriot kind of events uh with schools yep. and high schools and and so, what, what what do you have going? You got a couple things. You got the chapter meeting coming up, and then you're, you're also going to take some things on the road, right?
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, real quick. So, what's what's coming up with ISC Squared? So, real quick, ISC Squared is a cybersecurity professional uh, association. Uh, we're aligned with ISC Squared International. Uh, we're the local chapter. Internationally, there's about 150,000 certified members uh, worldwide. So, our chapter is hosting our annual meeting uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow night, uh, 5.30 to 7. Uh, and what we do at the chapter meeting is basically some chapter business. Specifically, we're going to have our officer elections. So four positions are open right now, vice president, membership chair, secretary, and the treasurer. Uh, I'm, 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 I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, I'm not up because I have not completed my two-year term. So I'm, I continue on for another year. Oh, so Reynolds. Oh, so you're yeah.
0: you're a two year term. I thought maybe this is like, a, you know how some uh, uh, regimes, you know, it's like for the for the rest of your life, kind of. No, 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 no.
1: please don't spread that out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We, next year we want many people to uh, raise their hand and, and, and run for the president.
0: Got uh, it. Got this. it. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. All positions are actually two years, uh, and they're staggered. But things uh, we had some re- resignations, uh, so it's. It, it just is now going to be one, uh, I'm four, four positions, two years, one position, two years, but I'm staggered with the other four. So we don't yeah. to
0: fix that as we go along. What would you say the main mission of ISC Squared is?
1: So the main, I think, what what differentiates ISC Squared uh, local here and, you know, internationally is uh, they really, we really get involved with community engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our mascot is Garfield. Okay. And and they have a, a cyber safety presentation that's actually in many languages. In fact, uh, there's an effort to put it in, I won't say all the languages in the world, but the, all the major ones. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if I wanted to give a cyber safety presentation and I, I could only speak, or I wanted to speak to a specific uh, audience, uh, whatever, Japanese, Chinese, uh, Hawaiian, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, there's, uh, there's actually a version of that slide deck so I don't have to build it myself. So they're converting the original English version to all the different languages right now. So and that's a big thing. A lot of a lot of organizations are into professional development. We are too but I think what what we do that most don't is engage with our with our community.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. And so what is this uh what is this uh uh you have a meeting coming up tomorrow but then you also have a bit of a, a road show coming up, right?
1: Yeah. So uh, real quick for the meeting, uh, it, we'll do two things mainly. We'll have the elections, but then we're going to have a cyber safety presentation mm-hmm. from uh, Worldwide Technology, uh, Scott Opta and Slavik Kamich, and they're going to talk about some, a cyber safety presentation. Because uh, uh, interestingly, Worldwide Technology is our, our main sponsor, so they're hosting us uh, tomorrow night. Oh, great. Uh, the other thing that we're going to be doing, as, as many probably are unaware or maybe are aware, is uh, October's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. So uh, for us in the cybersecurity world, that's kind of like, like Christmas.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's something uh-huh.
1: that we look forward to every year. And we've been kind of not doing this because of COVID. It was very difficult because a lot of this is face-to-face. Right. So during uh, October, uh, we will be going to our public libraries and giving cyber safety presentations to the uh, library patrons. We'll be going to the shopping centers and having our booth and uh, promoting cyber safety best practices to those shopping, uh, getting ready shopping for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be going to some of the community centers, mainly with our kupuna, and giving cyber safety workshops. These are five-hour workshops, specifically two-hour kupuna, because they have special... Challenges relative to the malicious actors out there that target them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all coming up with National Cybersecurity Awareness Month in Hawaii, of course, we call it Hawaii Cybersecurity Awareness Month in uh, in October.
0: Wow! So you got you got a lot of kind of like scheduling and planning and and organizing coming up.
1: Yeah, it, it was actually we, we did all of this pre-COVID, and it's it's a it's a little more challenging uh, post-COVID. This is the first time we're coming out, of course, post-COVID. So. Uh, you know, things were in place that we got to kind of just smooth out again. Mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a fun time for uh, our members, and really anyone that wants to join us uh, has an interest in cybersecurity. Want to either learn it or want to uh, offer it to our community members? So anyway, that's 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 what's coming up.
0: Great, great, great! And where's your chapter meeting? Where's it actually uh, physically going to be? Yeah, so
1: tomorrow's meeting is actually be in Worldwide Technologies' uh, home office. Uh, it's on. Uh, it's in Harbor Court, basically 55 okay. Merchant Street, okay. uh, Suite 2810. But that's only for tomorrow. Generally, we have it at Navy League, uh-huh. uh, which is kind of by Pro uh, Pro Harbor. If you know where Restaurant 604 is, it's up the hill from there.
0: So, so Reynold, uh, if people wanna check it out and and also check out your schedule for uh, Cybersecurity Month, uh, where can they go?
1: Yeah. So those. Both that and really everything we do is up on our website. So it's isb 2 chapter hiorg
0: Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Mahalo, Reynolds, for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.
0: Thank you. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Tiffany Wynn from Elemental Accelerator here to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows.
0: Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Tiffany Nguyen, Director of External Affairs over at Elemental Accelerator. She's here to share some insights into the Inflation Reduction Act. And, and Tiffany, I want to welcome you back to Bite Marks Cafe.
2: Hi, Bert. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, sure. And of course, uh, you know, today, I guess, was uh, sort of notable. I mean, I know uh, Don was uh, wanting to be on the show as well. But uh, uh, what, what took place today? And, <laughs> and I think it's, it's very pertinent to the conversation we're going to have.
2: Yeah, so our CEO, Don really wanted to be here for this conversation, but she was actually in Washington, Washington D.C., at uh, the White House's inflation redu- reduction at reduction launch party. So um, she's over there celebrating the wins from this monumental bill um, and sends her regards.
0: Now, I, I'm glad you said mon- monumental bill because – you know, I, I wanted to maybe have you give us a little bit of uh, a taste of, of how this bill came about. Because I recall, you know, talking to uh, one of our con- congressional contacts and, and they were talking about how there's a, a vote coming up. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, it was right before I think uh, I think it was like the August break. And and so a lot of the legislators were were leaving Washington, but they needed to get this mm-hmm. this vote in, and it was called the you know Inflation Reduction Act and and in my short conversation it, it sounded like there was some elements of of bill back better, but it was a, a, a really kind of a, a modified version. So do you have a maybe you can share some backstory to how did the this IRA come about?
2: Yeah, so this. Um Inflation Reduction Act or IRA, as you're saying, is based on key pieces of the Build Back Better Act, Mm -hmm. which were fought completely tooth and nail by progressives um, in the House, including, you know, like Senator Shotson, his team and our other congressional uh, delegates up there as well. And what's really exciting is that, you know, the whole kind of like basis of the act is to really improve the lives of working families across the country, So this is a package that will really bring down the cost for families by lowering things like prescription drug prices, energy costs, and, you know, really showing huge investments in clean energy. Um, There are also pieces about, you know, um, ensuring that the wealthy are more proportionally taxed. So um, there's a lot of equity that has been built into this bill as well. And what's really great is that, you know, um, there's a huge workforce development component. So the intention is to create millions of good, millions of good jobs, and um, while taking significant climate action. So I really can't emphasize how monumental this bill is for achieving our climate goals. It's 10 times larger than any other climate bill that has been passed to date. So that's um, there's about 370 billion. Um, in climate pro- provisions that are earmarked as part of this
0: act. So, is the total the total uh, bill amount three hundred billion, three hundred something billion, or was it?
2: No, it's much bigger than that. The three hundred seventy billion is just the climate portion.
0: Okay, okay, and and what? Give us some of the. Do you know some of the other breakdowns? Some of the other numbers that are part of this bill.
2: Um, I don't know. Uh, well, I know that there's some things around like, um, you know, healthcare. I think that's around like 64 billion, and like drought resiliency and things, and that's mm-hmm. around like 400 or 4 billion. So,
0: three right, right, right. large
2: numbers that we're looking at here.
0: And and of course, uh, you know, in terms of how this ultimately impacts you know, us in Hawaii, and and you said it it helps to reduce prices, and and you're right. I mean, you know, there's affordable care portions of it, reducing uh, costs of prescription drugs. From an an energy standpoint, uh, you know, give us some sense of what is this, how does this actually translate to benefit for, you know, us regular people here on the ground?
2: Yeah, no, that's a really great question. So I think one of the most exciting components about this bill is the $60 billion in investment in communities um, and specifically in projects that advance things like environmental justice. And that really ranges um, from like reducing air pollution to cleaning up you know, our ports or mitigating risk from um, heat and helping schools address environmental issues. Um, So this bill will really, really help us in our clean energy transition and help that transition to be um, as equitable, you know, as we've ever seen it before. And I think what's really exciting is, you know, this isn't new for Hawaii. We've been thinking about this for a while. You know, Hawaii was the first state to legislate our intent to flip our economies off of fossil fuels back in 2009 um, with the Hawaii Clean Energy Initiative. So there are actually a lot of things that it it feels like Hawaii inspired, you know, some of the pieces mm-hmm. of this bill. But just kind of like going down even more, you know, there's three billion that specifically carved out um, to help improve air pollution um, at ports, and you know, to find new technologies focused on reducing emissions around uh, around those ports. Um, There's another billion that's attached to implementation of energy-efficient materials um, to make, like, affordable home and housing improvements. So that's one where, like, you know, like, we'll really feel it from the residential level. Um, And there's a lot in, like, clean energy and transportation. Um, And, again, like, the idea is to create a million green jobs over the next 10 years. Um, And clean jobs can include, you know... Uh, clean manufacturing, transportation, working in buildings uh, natural infrastructure, and all of the kind of uh, pieces around around that
0: so tiffany you know you you bring up a, a excellent point you know let's say we we unpack the uh, you know million clean jobs how does that how does that actually get actualized? does the money come to a particular state agency? Does a state agency then come up with various, uh, you know, programs to initiate that kind of workforce, workforce, not only upskilling, but uh, how does, how does the actual money come in and actually uh, create the opportunity for, you know, these 1 million jobs?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I don't know the, answer to, the exact answer to that, but I imagine it will be deployed through our state agencies. And I think that's one of the things that is still on a whole out of this package, like, um, you know, wait and see about how all of this funding will really be deployed into these areas. But I think, you know, organizations like Elemental, like we've been working um, on deploying technologies in communities that need them the most um for for years now, so um I think that we're well positioned when the time is right and when the funding comes down the pipe to to help deploy some of those funds and hopefully create jobs with the new technologies that we're bringing to market
0: so typically when <clears throat> when these federal uh legislation gets turned into an an act and that's basically what you know, Congress has and the President has uh, blessed to proceed, then there's a there's a federal agency <clears throat> that actually puts together the administrative sort of rules uh to to implement these programs. Uh is mm-hmm. it which which uh and, and I know there may be many, so it could be Department of Transportation or it could be, you know, Department of Energy. Which ones pick one. I mean which one would be an administering agency at the federal level
2: um, you know there there's a lot that comes through the pipe for Department Department of Energy, mm-hmm. especially in this space mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. So I imagine that they will be one of the main folks taking the lead here you know um, for our state. I know ACDC um, is really focused on workforce development and uh, you know elevating technology for Hawaii. So I imagine there's some trickle down, you know, through agencies like that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what you're what you're kind of keeping an eye on is is what uh, comes out in the federal registry or what comes out in what they call you know notice of funding opportunity, and then uh, mm-hmm. that will lead to, however, uh, you know, the corresponding agencies, whether it's state level or or even nonprofits, uh, would perhaps apply for some of those yes. grant programs. Yeah, so I do want to talk to you about how Elemental seems, you know, is is sort of positioned for this because I know we've been talking to you for many years about the you know the the companies that are part of the the um, program, the cohorts, and you know, and and the work that they're doing, and and I'm I'm curious to hear like how you envision perhaps you know being at the right place, you know, when that when that spigot opens. So What we'll do is we'll hold that thought. We'll be right right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Tiffany Wynn from Elemental Accelerator. And, of course, we're talking about the federal legislation called the Inflation Reduction Act. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Na Mea, Hawaii and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training.
0: Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Tiffany Nguyen from Elemental Accelerator, and uh, we're talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and and of course uh, right before the break uh we were talking about how some of this um the program the programmatic parts of you know the inflation reduction act and and typically what happens is that there's all these specific uh pieces of the act and uh, you know the pieces could address uh things like affordable care or or it it addresses prescription drugs and and of course uh Tiffany you guys are definitely looking very closely watching very closely for what comes out for energy and and um the the climate uh resilience parts of it how do you how do you elemental kind of position itself i mean what do you what do you envision uh doing in order to uh, you know be be perhaps a part of you know this this opportunity that could build a better you know build a better hawaii
2: yeah what a wonderful question so what's really exciting for us is you know, it'll probably touch every single company in our portfolio. Mm -hmm. And for Mm -hmm. those who are less familiar with Elemental Accelerator, you know, we exist to help fund climate solutions. So typically, you know, like our sweet spot is really helping um, startups in the space actually deploy projects to prove out their technologies. And the sectors that we focus on are, you know, sectors that we as people like interact with every day. So that's energy, water, transportation and mobility, um, kind of the built environment, um, as well as food and agriculture and nature-based solutions. So currently we have over 130 companies that we've supported over the last dozen or so years. um, Soon to be over 150, because we're announcing our next cohort here in, in a few weeks, which we're excited about. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we do see a huge potential impact for, um, the companies that we work with and therefore for Hawaii, you know, um, when you're looking at transportation and like the electrification of transportation or moving off of, you know, those fossil fuels, there's a lot in, um, in that act around clean transportation and aviation. And we have companies like Amp Air, Mm -hmm. who has been working on a hybrid electric plane. And we, you know, proved out the technology by actually doing a pilot project here on Maui uh, during a cargo route between Hana and Kahului where they were able to get, you know, um, kind of, they were the first company in the world to get this next level of FAA certification to actually do, like, commercial test flights. Wow. Um, Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's a lot around... Um, electrification of your home. Mm-hmm. And we have companies like Shifted Energy here in Hawaii, you know, Native Hawaiian founded. Mm-hmm. And they they have solutions to help, you know, basically make your home more efficient and bring down the cost of energy for our residents, you know. And they work in a lot of... Um, you know what we call frontline communities. So those are communities that are experiencing climate change already, but because of you know what equity and access, uh, they they are less apt to get access to these types of solutions. Um, there are other companies like Carbon Cure who you know works with the local cement companies here, and what they do is they take um, recycle carbon and infuse it within concrete. And that actually makes the concrete not only greener, um, but seeing that it's just as strong as, you know, what's already out on the market uh, pretty much at cost parity. And it, you know, traps carbon for the life of whatever, you know, like the building or the roadway or whatever the structure is. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot in this bill around more sustainable, you know, building, um, infrastructure and more low-carbon building infrastructure, and you see all the construction happening in Hawaii. So I think that's a really huge opportunity um, for us to to be greener as a
0: state. So, so Tiffany, you know, in terms of the uh, amount of money that may come to the state as a result of this bill, uh, and and you did you did uh, mention some numbers. So, like, let's say in the category of energy security and climate change. Uh, you know, we're talking 369 billion dollars. Do you know if if the money gets distributed on a uh, formula basis, or how does how does each state get allocated the a, a certain amount? And and what would you expect Hawaii to be allocated?
2: You know, I don't know what that formula is, but I know some things that are taken into account or just, you know, like, as I mentioned, like the frontline communities because actually as part of this, um, 40% of these funds mm-hmm. uh, need to benefit underserved communities. Um, so I'm sure there is some formula around that. What that looks like, I'm not sure, but um, I know that our congressional delegates have, you know, been working really hard to especially earmark some funding for you know, native Hawaiian communities, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then do you, yeah. do you have a sense as to the timing of this as it rolls out? What, what would you expect to uh, be the time frame for some of that money to actually arrive in Hawaii? Uh,
2: that is a great question. They just had their launch party in <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully soon. Um, well, you know, I you know, mean, I think the federal yeah.
0: government probably moves slower than the state government.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, we're we're hopeful for 2023, but uh, your guess would be as good as mine, Bert.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, I've been I've been paying attention to a lot of this federal stuff, you know, back in the IIJA, which was uh, you mm-hmm. know the uh, uh, Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act. So, you know, that's kind of the kind of the world I live in. But uh, yeah, so so Tiffany, you know, um, you've got a couple other things going on, and and you mentioned the cohort that's. Uh, uh, newly formed, and then you have uh, an innovation challenge that uh, is also getting rolled out. Maybe, maybe uh, share a, a little bit about that in the last, uh, you know, a couple minutes here.
2: Yeah. So the innovation challenge is something that we really piloted last year with Nexera Energy, based out of Cal- or based out of Florida. Um, and the idea is to give opportunity for climate tech startups to basically receive funding. To work with large organizations such as Amazon, Nextera, or we're working with um, Araake in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And so this year, because it was so successful uh, in our pilot, you know, we're launching three innovation challenges all at once. And the companies are the ones that I mentioned: so Amazon, Nextera Energy, and Arake. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is, you know, startups can basically apply, and then if you're chosen as finalists, um, you'll actually be able to pitch to the companies to get funding. And there's up to 2.5 million available um, for funded pilots um, across those three challenges. And we're looking at things like, you know, like how do you actually, like technologies and solutions that actually get um, corporates to net zero. We're looking at, you know, uh, decarbonizing, like the middle mile mm-hmm. for Amazon, um, and just broader decarbonization solutions for uh, New Zealand. So really exciting. The deadline is October
0: fourth. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say that's it's a, a deadline's coming up pretty quick. I mean, we're still a couple of weeks out. But where can people find more information about this innovation challenge and, and everything that uh, you know Elemental Accelerators is doing?
2: Yeah, elementalaccelerator com.
0: Oh, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiffany, I want to you know mahalo you for joining us. And, of course, uh, Tiffany Nguyen is the Director of External Affairs over at Elemental Accelerator, and I want to thank you for joining us. Thanks, uh, Tiffany. And, of course, thank Thanks you for enough, listening sir. to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when he- we'll hear about the latest on the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge. This is the seventh and final uh, for the Code Challenge. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HBR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe. Stay tuned. Reveal is next.